This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Good morning. It's Deep South Dining right here on MPB Think Radio. Good morning, Carol. How are you? Well, I'm, I'm melancholy this yes. morning. Just kind of of sad about the news, um, a news about Julia Reed's passing. I've kind of been that way all weekend. Yeah, but but she, celebrating she, her, but celebrating her life through cooking. She is a force for sure, and uh, she left us with uh, a lot to be inspired by. A lot of books, a lot of columns, uh, a lot of joy. And a little bit of tape, which we're going to play right at the end of this section. But what's been going on in your kitchen this weekend before we get to the life and times of Julia Reed? Well, it actually, one of the things kind of ties uh, to Julia. On Friday evening, I was going to prepare a whole red snapper for dinner. Ah. I had uh, a grill basket. I was going to grill it, you know, for put some herbs in it, wipe it down with olive oil, put it on the grill. And John walked walked in the kitchen about quarter till eight after fishing and seeing the grill basket. He said, now, how are you going to prepare that red snapper? And I said, well, I was going to grill it. And he said, well, you know, really what I was thinking was like this. I was having a hankering for something. I had it at a restaurant. It kind of had a Creole sauce. And I just looked at him blankly. And then, <laughs> and then I thought to myself, uh, okay, Red Snapper Veracruz, that's a very traditional uh, dish. And I, I said, maybe that's what he's thinking. And instead of throwing something at him or making some, you know, snappy remark that I would regret later, I thought about what Julia would do. Because she, unlike anybody I've ever seen, can whip up a dinner party for 20 people in her kitchen in an hour. And, you know, and, and it's all, it was a beautiful experience. So I said, well, I, yeah, I can do, I can do this. Anyway, my Red Snapper Veracruz turned out great. He was very happy, but... My kitchen was a wreck, and uh, <laughs> I, I mean, I, I had pots and pans flying, and you know, chopping a million things to go in it. But uh, but I had fun. But she was my inspiration for carrying forth. How about you? Well, uh, last night we had a fantastic meal here at the White House. Uh, I had a whole bag of peppers that my friend David Patterson grew and shared with us. Hot peppers, salad peppers, all kinds of peppers. So Kara chopped them up and put in, uh, made a fantastic corn salad with all these peppers and some beautiful Silver Queen corn. And then made crab cakes and also chopped the peppers and put them in the crab cakes. So it was a pepper feast of crab cakes and corn salad. And then she roasted these uh, really nice potatoes in the oven. Uh, it's a recipe that she used, sort of cuts them in quarters, seasons them really good, puts oil on them, and then puts them in and roasts them, and they get very crunchy. So we had a fantastic dinner last yeah, night. Yeah, and I see on Facebook that you had a birthday party, too. 
We did. Um, Wilder Malcolm Webb had his uh, first birthday uh, on uh, Sunday. Uh, and so we had a little birthday party, very small, very, you know, because of COVID, uh, over at the house. And he got to uh, not only eat his own cake, but step in it and smear it all over his face. Excellent. He was in absolute heaven. Uh, his big sister, Wren, blew out the candle, and it was a, a joyous occasion. Well, it so looked what, like it. So what's the latest on cooking and coping, our Facebook group? Well, uh, it, it, it's been going strong. There is so much beautiful, wonderful stuff going on uh, right now. Um, one thing that, one, another thing I did as a result of cooking and coping was I redid the pear preserves that I had. Oh, yeah. You know, I told you I murdered the pears. But several <laughs> of our friends on cooking and coping, you know, when I confessed my terrible experience and showed a picture, lots of people sent advice. So I decided, decided to do it again, and I took 10 pounds of pears and spent probably an hour and a half cutting them up and, you know, three or four hours the next day making it. And 10 pounds of pears makes six, eight-ounce <laughs> jars of <laughs> pear preserves. Okay, so Java, that's one for you, one for yeah, me. That leaves like, four, Carol, uh, for yeah. your family. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's a lot for a little, but boy, is yeah. it good. Hey, that's, you know, that's the, the game. So our cooking uh, and coping has also become cooking, coping, coping and counseling, apparently. So you yeah. receive some good advice online. There's actually a lot of counseling, and there's also cooking, coping, canceling and copying because now uh, it's gotten to the place. I mean, in the best possible way where yeah, somebody yeah. does a recipe and it inspires other people. So they recreate it. Mm-hmm. Cooking, coping, canceling and creating or recreating. Wow. Yeah. It's a it's, mouthful. It's, it's inspirational. But if you're interested, just go to Facebook and uh, Google cooking and coping. Uh, and there's an, an additional title, which is something gathering around. What gathering is it, Carol? Gathering around the virtual table. And this is a site on Facebook that Malcolm and I started back in March. There are about 2,500 members from around the world. And it's fun, even if you're not posting, just to read, which is what I do every night. I just go through and read and see what all these interesting people are. It's from the, you know, ridiculous to the sublime. Right. Uh, your friend down in, uh, I guess, Bay St. Louis, Julian Brunt. From uh, Biloxi. Biloxi. He did a magnificent creation with Vienna sausage this week on, on a bun. It was just, it was stunning. There you go. We, we, we span the globe from Red Snapper Veracruz to, uh, what kind of sandwich did Julian make? Bologna? It was no. Oh, oh, Vienna, Vienna sausages. Yeah. It was gorgeous. Well, that's, that's very European. Well, yeah. You know, I, it, it, when you think about Vienna, do you think people in Vienna have ever seen Vienna sausage or Vienna sausage? <laughs> <laughs> Perhaps by now they have. <laughs> well, Carol, sadly, you and I lost a friend on Friday in Mississippi and the American South and the uh, entire country and globe lost a great ambassador. Julia Reed passed uh, after losing her struggle to cancer. Julia was born in Greenville, 
lived in New Orleans, New York, and all other places. She was an author, a columnist, a journalist, and a noted speaker. She wrote for Vogue, New York Times, Wall Street Journal, Garden and Gun, and a host of other media outlets. Uh, she uh, gave and gave and gave and was uh, truly a cultural ambassador. She was actually given the title of cultural ambassador of Mississippi by the Mississippi Arts Commission last year. Yeah, that, and, was, that was a very special ceremony. Yeah, it was great. You know, now looking back, I, I'm so glad that you know, y'all had the forethought, foresight to do that. It was very special. Novelist. Uh, also funny. She was, oh, she was hilarious. Funny, raucous, um, eccentric, eclectic. <laughs> Engaging. Smart. Well, the novelist Jay McInerney said that Julia Reed was Mississippi's answer to Dorothy Parker, gifted with a biting wit, a fierce intellect, and a generous spirit of hospitality. She was an intellectual and a hedonist, a brilliant raconteur with a colorful, profane vocabulary who could, as you said, whip up a delicious dinner for 20 of her friends, then drink them all under the table before waking up a few hours later to deliver a sparkling performance on MSNBC. Julia was unforgettable and irreplaceable. And we have her in her own voice talking to us, uh, I think it was last year, about the Hot Tamale Festival, the Delta Hot Tamale Festival in Greenville. We had Julia on the show. So uh, Java, let's roll Julia here as we close out the first segment of today's Deep South Dining. Yeah, so this is this. Uh, uh, well, the thir- 2013, uh, I believe, was the first year of the the literary culinary mashup. Ah. Excellent festivals before that. But anyway, what it, when it, it's, it's been, it seems like a lifetime to me. But uh, the great thing is we uh, are now. I mean, from from just our late great mayor declaring Greenville. Uh, Chuck Jordan declaring Greenville the hot tamale capital of the world, which apparently you can just do. And, <laughs> you mean like birthplace of America's music? <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, and apparently you can trademark it and nobody's going to argue with you because so, there's apparently not a lot of people trying to be the hot tamale capital of the world, shockingly. But uh, if, if there was, I mean, I feel like we are definitely, uh, you know, we deserve that title fair and square. But anyway, so... You know, just a bunch of people uh, got together and thought, well, let's have, you know, let's, it's kind of like those old movies with Mickey, uh, Mickey uh, Rooney and Judy Garland, let's put on a show. <laughs> so we did. I didn't have a thing to do with it. I just came with my buddy Roy Blunt Jr., who uh, never been to the Delta, so I thought, well, this is a good time to bring him. We were judges in the Tamale contest, which is super hard. I'll never do that again. And um, uh, Talk about and gut busters. No <laughs> joke, man. And also, it's like, you know, it's like these... It's very, you know, serious. It's like, okay, you know, mouthfeel, all kind of weird things. you got to drink this stuff on. And I've just been eating tamales all my life without thinking that deeply about it. So anyway, that was a mind bender. But uh, I noticed that, you know, I'm like, oh, my God, there's like somewhere between eight and 10,000 people here downtown. This is crazy. we got to keep them coming back and make them spend some money. So I tacked on, a, for my many sins, a couple of days uh around the fest and now you know we get between 20 and 30,000 people and uh, Mississippi State did an economic impact study and 
we put about 1.6 million in, in the town coffers, which was the goal. So well, that that's a great thing, and I, I loved uh, Calvin Trillin in one of his articles talked about Greenville, and he said Greenville had already tried the hanging basket approach, which <laughs> which didn't work. So the Tamale Festival was born, and the rest yeah, is history. They, they, you know, they tried that. That after after downtown started failing, advent of the malls, and sometimes in the seventies, yeah, we we knocked down all these trees on Washington Avenue and built some serpentine thing <laughs> with mountains of bushes and stuff, and that wasn't that really didn't do the trick here. with hanging baskets. Yeah, it was not a good look. So, uh, but you know, downtown is undergoing something of a renaissance. I mean, it's all. I mean, I hate to. It sounds a little bit. Uh, like an exaggeration, but I mean the great tama- the humble but great tamale, has really spawned some downtown growth, and also we just have a super good time. Yeah, you know, I think this is a great uh, testimony that our cultural tourism is really bringing so much to the Delta. So many projects have been thrown at the Delta over the years, and we turn to the things that we know and that we're good at. And Greenville is a literary writer. <laughs> yeah, Greenville is a literary town, and Mississippians is proved by the book festival and the great bookstores we have um, has a literary tradition, and people will come to hear an author, and they will come to eat. You know, we really do. I mean, you know, we 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 got all kind of problems down here, but but we really do have a lot to show off, and I think it's a testament to the culture and how much fun we have down here uh, and how much how much we have to show off that, that people like Jessica Lang come back and back and back. I mean, the biggest bulk of her photographs, you know, Highway 61 starts in Minnesota, after all, and ends in New Orleans. But the biggest chunk is from the Delta because she couldn't quit coming and taking pictures. And this will be Roy Blunt. Uh, he's been here five times for the Tamale Festival. And Bud Calvin Trillin, Bud Trillin is, has came to write about it and he's been back to be on a panel and now he's coming back again and so the fact that people like that who can go anywhere in the world come on there of their own free will <laughs> in her own words that was the great julia reed talking about the hot tamale, the delta hot tamale festival in greenville and all of the uh, fabulous work that she Uh, did there in her hometown of Greenville. We're going to take a break, come back, talk more about Julia Reed and her legacy, her life, her times. If you want to join the conversation, we're at 1-877-MPB-RING. I would love to get an email from you. You can shoot it to food at mpbonline.org. Carol and I will be back, continuing to celebrate the life and times of the one and only Julia Reed. Hey, this is Larry Morrissey with the Mississippi Arts Commission. I'm one of the hosts of the Mississippi Arts Hour, the arts interview show on Think Radio. Each week, myself or one of my fellow hosts bring you in-depth interviews with different creative Mississippians. We talk with visual artists, musicians, writers, as well as people who help bring the arts to their communities. We hear about how each artist learned their craft and get some insight into their creative process. You can hear the Arts Hour every Sunday at 5 p.m. on Think Radio or listen anytime by subscribing to the show through your favorite podcasting app. Welcome back to Deep South Dining. Malcolm White with Carol Puckett. How are you doing this morning, Carol? Malcolm, I'm doing just fine. I'm sitting here with a big old pile of uh, Julia Reed books, which I 
had the great fun of dipping into over the weekend. It was just fun going back and seeing all the different phases of her life. Um, Somehow, I had never really read, but Mama always puts vodka in her sangria. (laughs) And I I found myself up after midnight reading some hilarious stories uh, in that. You know, for our listeners, if you want to take a look back at at a lot of Julia's work, uh, Garden and Gun has a nice collection of her most popular essays and columns on their website. Just go to gardenandgun.com. Uh, and you can see a lot of her excellent journalism work, uh, a lot of her uh, very popular pieces, essays that she wrote for Garden and Gun. But Carol, why don't you, you, you have them there, list a few of her her book titles. Uh, I know she wrote that great Julia Reed's New Orleans, which is a, a fabulous book of, of recipes and entertainment ideas. Um, yep. And here's... Um Julia Reed, South Toward Home, a collection of essays that says adventures and misadventures in my native land. And that certainly sums it up. Um, the House on First Street, it's, it says it's my New Orleans story. This is actually about the wonderful house that, that she entertained in, she you know, lived in. And this is about her experience putting that house back together after Katrina and wow, what a time she had, but she, you know, somehow made it uh, very, very funny. And and that's one of my favorites. Another of my favorites is this one, Malcolm, I'm showing you. You're showing it to me, but our (laughs) listeners will not be able to see it. (laughs) It is, it is ham biscuits. Hostess gowns and other southern specialties, and there are just some great recipes, and of course there are wild stories in it. And then the aforementioned, but Mama always put vodka in her sangria, and you know I always thought that was kind of a a, a weird title, and. You know, I read the, the foreword last night or the first chapter, and the reason why it is so titled is she and her friend, McGee, she talks about McGee a lot in her books, her best friend, were having a party, and uh, Anne McGee said she would bring the sangria, and Julia's in the kitchen cooking and walks outside, and all the guests are loud and sloppy and hugging each other and worse. And Julia says, my goodness, what's going on here? And went over to the sangria and tasted it. And she said, good Lord, what is in this? And her friend said, vodka. And she said, vodka doesn't go in sangria. And she said, well, but Mama always put vodka in her sangria. So therefore, the title of the book. And then... This big cookbook, Julia Reed South, uh, it, it's a cookbook and entertaining book. And it was probably in the last couple of years. And I, I've cooked a lot out of it, and I've had even more fun uh, reading, you know, reading the stories. But, I mean, she was a master entertainer. In fact, it was at her house in April of 2011 that I had my first date with John. 
Oh, that's beautiful. Yeah, it was a, it had a beautiful dinner party, and you know, things have gone swimmingly since. <laughs> hey, we have a, a caller on the line, a great friend of Julian's. Hank Burdine is on the line. He's a oh, Delta my boy. Goodness. Hank's a writer, uh, a raconteur, uh, a bon vivant, and was a close, close comrade of Julia Reed's. Welcome to the show, Hank Burdine. Man, I'm just so happy to be here. And if I sound choked <laughs> up, I am because she was a Julia was a force to be reckoned with. I'm telling you, and uh, nothing I can say greater than how much love she had for this Mississippi Delta and for Mississippi. And oh my, what fun we had together! Uh, you shared some photos with me of you and Julia on a uh, looks like the riverbank out on the mighty Mississippi having a throwdown. Well, if you Google up uh, the ultimate party stop, that was one of the uh, sandbar parties that we had would have after uh, the Hot Tamale Festival, the last day. Uh, on a Sunday when there was nothing going on, all of these guests would have flown in from all over the United States, New York, California, uh, New Orleans, and we'd all take them out on the river and have a throwdown on that river with a sandbar party with the Brent girls with music and uh, <laughs> fiddling music and food and a bar already set up. The thing about Julia, she would come up and could come up with these wild, cockamamie ideas of, <laughs> of party. And someone would ask her, well, Julia, how are you going to do that? And she said, I'm going to call Hank, and we're going to get it done. By <laughs> golly, it was done. There was nothing we couldn't do together. Well, well those parties were, were very famous. When I was reading through some of the books last night, uh, she quoted one of the famous authors uh, who who was there, and he said that the sandbar party was worth all the hassle of coming to the Mississippi Delta. Just <laughs> that one thing that that he would come just for that one thing. Well, we had so much fun together, and Julia was just such a host uh, hostess. And I mean, she she would have these ideas, and we just do them, and they worked flawlessly. And she was such a great spirit, just such a great force here. And I can't say enough good stuff about it. Well, Hank, the last time I saw you, uh, I believe you were helping build her house, her new house in in Greenville, the Folly. Tell us a little bit about the Folly. That's correct. That was a labor of love, I'm telling you. And when I first saw the plans and, told her how to help her do everything and get it all done, and, uh, well, let's just jump on it. Well, we had a wonderful architect named James Carter out of Alabama who is a premier old house architect. And when I saw it, I said, whoa, this is something we're trying to make a little house look big and a new house look old. And I never really <laughs> thought or grasped the concept until we got it all done and we started painting it, and then it all came into play. And I saw the soaring ceilings, the windows that went to the sky, that let the light, the, the different, and the, every piece of wood in there, if it was on the ceiling, it had to have a dime's width between the boards. If it was on the floor, it needed to have a quarter's width. If it was on the wall, it needed to have a penny's width. 
I spent more time going back and forth to the bank getting coins so we could <laughs> still hit the floor in the water. <laughs> Well, that it house, y'all, y'all did a great job, and it's been published uh, in several things. I think Garden and Gun did uh, did a, a beautiful job on it, and so I would just encourage everybody to you know, to take a look at that because even though she didn't have it long, some good times and good parties were had there, and uh, luckily there's there's a record of them. Well, there really is, and I was fortunate enough to be at a lot of them. And like John Meacham said on the MS, MSNBC this morning, that uh, his father-in-law, who was none other than Rick Smythe right here in Tribute, Mississippi, said that Julia Reed could take a dinner party and turn it into the Alamo. And oh, <laughs> my goodness. <laughs> what truer statement has ever been than that right there? And John Meacham wrote a beautiful uh, memorance uh, for Julia. It's on the Gardening Gun website if you want to check it out, gardeninggun.com. A beautiful, beautiful remembrance. And Malcolm, you can also get it by just Googling Julia Reed Obit Gardening Gun or Julia Reed Gardening Gun, and it comes up first. Okay. That's right. And there's also one that David DiBenedetto, the senior editor at Gardening Gun, wrote about, and he was as dear a friend as you can imagine. And uh, there's one thing about Julia. You'll try to get in touch with Julia. She may not call you back. She may not take you back. But, boy, if she needs to get a hold of you, you better call back within the next three minutes or you have hell to pay that button. But <laughs> You got that right. I've been on the receiving end of a few of those calls. Yeah, yes, I have too. But, Hank, uh, all you folks, and y'all got to carry on and keep her party spirit and tradition going. And we really appreciate you calling in this morning. I thought a lot about you over the weekend, and this was a real treat hearing from you. Well, thank you all so much. And, yes, we'll do all we can. And as one of the great Delta Bon Vivants once said, we shall keep up the hoorah, and we'll do it. (laughs) Hank Burdine, great friend of Julia Reed's, calling in from the Mississippi Delta. We also have Dave uh, calling in. Dave, how are you today? Malcolm? Yes. Yes, this is David Trigiani. How are you? David Trigiani, how are you, my friend? I'm doing just great. I, I appreciate you and Carol doing this uh, in Julia's memory. It's uh, it's it's uh, it's certainly uh, it's certainly worthy uh, worthy work, and and y'all are doing a great job. Well, you and Julia used to run the streets together. I know that. I've seen you many times uh, uh, hanging out with her. Uh, Tell us a little bit about her uh, friendship and uh, her reach in terms of uh, the kitchen and beyond. <laughs> well, uh, with regard to running the streets, there's a there's a whole lot I really can't tell you on the radio <laughs> at any rate. But <laughs> uh, but she was um, she was a unique person uh, in, in so many ways and. One of the things that that I that I cherish deeply, and 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 just recently realized how much so I cherish it. Um, I've had more calls from um, from people who are, uh, I guess I'd call them acquaintances. I really wouldn't call them friends, but they're people that I know. 
and and they've expressed their condolences to me um, about Julia's death and uh, and 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 their feelings for uh, for Julia. They were they're friends of Julia, and and it indicated to me that Julia had talked to them about her friendship with me, and and it made it made. Uh, it made her her uh, passing all the more all the more painful for me because uh, she considered me a friend and 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 that's really tough when when you're talking about Julia. But if, yeah, if you are and a David, friend, I'm sorry. She, go ahead, Carol. I was going to say, not only were were you a friend, but you were a person that she grabbed and threw in the kitchen. Uh, you know, you're a good cook too, and. I know that you actually have been invited and uh, and went to some of her parties in her new house. And I would love to know because I know it was a very small house. I would I would just love to hear about one of those. Well, about um, food and the table settings. <laughs> uh, I, I, I did have a lot of um, a lot of good times over over meals and drinks with Julia, whether it was in her place in New Orleans or her, um, or when she came and stayed with me, just be the two of us at the table cooking some of her favorite pastas. Uh, but, uh, but one of the, uh, one, one of the really memorable occasions, um, was in, in, uh, in her new house in the Delta, which she called the Delta Folly, by the way. And, and and coming on after Hank Burdine is a big is a big uh, responsibility. Y'all didn't tell me that was going to happen, but uh, um, he uh, we didn't know. <laughs> <laughs> but but uh, this past um, Palm Sunday, uh, Julia invited me up to the Delta to 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 have uh, brunch Palm Sunday brunch with her and. Uh, I didn't know who was going to be there, and didn't didn't ask, didn't particularly uh, care, because I knew it'd be somebody great, and and we'd have a good time. But I got up there at about eleven thirty, um, thinking that uh, lunch was going to be at twelve thirty, one o'clock maybe, and and Julia had not done a bloody thing, other than, <laughs> other than set the table for for uh, six. And um, of course, it was beautifully, beautifully set with uh, fine china and glassware and flatware and flowers and and, and uh, napery, the whole nine yards. But but that's all she had done. But she had ordered a bunch of stuff from D'Artagnan, uh, uh, meats and whatnot, charcuterie, and, uh, and and she had this big, huge chunk of pork that was still in the in the vacuum uh, pack, and you know. Uh, now this is the main course for lunch <laughs> at, at, uh, at what I thought was going to be one o'clock, and it's eleven thirty or so, and and it hasn't even been taken out of the seal out of the sealed package, and, and so I, I got a little nervous about all this, and and um, she uh, she started to get a little nervous too, and you know we I took my coat off and put put an apron on, and we got to work in the kitchen, and. Um, and it was uh, it was a holes and elbows, as they say. <laughs> uh, but we had a good time. We were drinking champagne, and and uh, the more champagne we had, the, the easier the chore got. But uh, 
it finally it finally got put together and and thankfully her guest showed up late uh, it was uh, Huger Foot uh, Shelby's son and his uh, his main squeeze at the time and um and we were waiting for another uh, uh gentleman who uh showed up late and that that's a good story too but but uh, anyway, the four of us sat down and 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 had had this wonderful dinner. We had this pork roast and uh, and beautiful asparagus that Julia had done, and and a, uh, a tomato um, tart that had um, had this wonderful pancetta that was um, uh, that had been sent sent down from D'Artagnan, which she had me very very meticulously cubed. And um, with with a dull knife, I, I kept kept talking about the dull knife. And but she said, "Well, I just don't have time to sharpen it." And I said, "Well, okay, I'm sure you're fine." But, so anyway, we had a great time. <laughs> and then here comes about an hour late. Here comes her good friend uh, Humphreys. Is his name? Is his character from up there in Greenville? And, and he was all dressed up in his black suit, and I said, Humphreys, where, where you been? We we finished dinner. You're gonna have to eat by yourself. And and uh, he said, Well, I had a funeral. He's a, he's a part time <coughs> undertaker, and uh, and of course we didn't want to know who gets buried on Palm Sunday. But anyway, he he had mud all over his shoes, and it was. <laughs> it, was, it was quite a happening, and then a couple of other people showed up, and more champagne, and, and more scotch, and all that. But it was just wonderful. Well, a couple of days later, um, I sent Julia a nice text and told her how much I appreciated being included, and what a wonderful time we had, and and how just um, how amazed I was at her um, efficiency and aplomb in putting this lunch together, and. She texted back, um, and I can't say this on the radio, but it was a plum. My dot dot dot. Question, you know, exclamation point. So uh, she she knew that she was in a trap, but but it didn't faze her. You know, she was she'd been there. <laughs> no, many because times. she had she had the ringmaster David Trigiano. <laughs> that, that's right. She had uh, she had been in the well, situation many <clears throat> times before, and knew how to handle it. Well, I wanted to tell both of y'all that the recipe and our listeners that the recipe for the tomato tart that David is surely talking about is in her book, Julia Reed's South. Looks absolutely delicious. But David, we so appreciate you calling in this morning. Well, I had, can I tell you one other quick story that, that, that is, is, is really indicative of Julia? She 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 puts people together in in a way that that I don't think anyone else can. And uh, two years ago, I was on my way up to uh, to the um, Hot Tamale Festival. I was about a quarter of the way up there, and I got this call from Julia. David, I need you to go to the airport. I said, What airport? Jackson. You need to pick some people up for me. I said, Julia, I'm you know. Good piece up the road. Said I don't give a damn. You you, you got to go to the airport and go get these people. So I went back to Jackson and, and, and picked up Winston Groom and his wife and Calvin Trillin, who had flown in and were the keynote speakers up at this uh, hot tamale thing. Well, that was one of the greatest road trips I have ever taken from from Jackson to Greenville with those two guys, and and we had such a good time laughing and. 
and uh, but but those are the kind of experiences that you couldn't get anywhere except through Julia, and um, that's that that was always one of her endearing qualities: putting people together and and um, and making new friends. And and for that, I'll dearly miss her. Well, David, we appreciate you calling in and sharing some of your remembrances of your great friend Julia Reed. Uh, great loss to all of us. <clears throat> what an ambassador she was. What a spirit. We're going to take a quick break and come back and continue talking about Julia Reed, her cooking, her writing, her experiences that she shared with us so graciously here in Mississippi. She is, in fact, and will always be the cultural ambassador in Mississippi. Carol and I will be right back after a real short break. Hi, I'm Dr. Jimmy Stewart, Professor of Internal Medicine and Pediatrics at the University of Mississippi Medical Center. On the original Southern Remedy, we answer questions about all aspects of your health and share some of the latest medical information in the news. You can listen to the show on Wednesdays at 11 on MPB Think Radio, or you can subscribe to the podcast by searching for Southern Remedy on your preferred podcasting app. Welcome back. You are tuned to Deep South Dining here on MPB Think Radio. Malcolm White with Carol Puckett. And today we are remembering and celebrating the life of Julia Reed, uh, the cultural ambassador of the state of Mississippi, a great writer, a journalist, uh, a speaker. Uh, uh, she's written many books. She has produced many events and she has inspired all of us uh, throughout the years uh, a wonderful remembrance of Julia's life uh, <clears throat> is in Garden and Gun, written by the historian uh, and, and well-known author John Meacham. And I'll read just one little snippet here about what John said. He said that she lived large. On any given day or season, you might find Julia driving around Mississippi with Jessica Lang or dining at Doe's Eat Place in Greenville with Anthony Bourdain. Or she'd be in Paris reporting on caviar for the Wall Street Journal. Or in London picking up a new sleep coat for her father. Or filing an essay for Vogue on a planned wedding that went awry some decades ago. A favorite detail was that her mother had so much champagne on hand that she was still giving it to the postman bottles and bottles three years later. Julia Reed. Gone, but not forgotten. Carol? Well, yes, she passed away on Friday in Newport, Rhode Island, and um, 59 years old, way too, way too soon. But, yes, she had really fought the tough battle with, with cancer I mean, several years ago and has had several good years after that first happened. So... Sad, but what a you know what a legacy. You know, as as we mentioned earlier, uh, the Arts Commission recognized Julia last year uh, for championing her home state. The governor of Mississippi and the Arts Commission named her cultural ambassador. It was the announcement of the award. The commission said, "But she has traveled the world in her various roles. Reed has long served as a cultural ambassador for the state, sharing Southern traditions, culture." and recipes through her popular columns and books. Julia is also was also instrumental in organizing the Delta Hot Tamale Festival that helped attract national attention to the small town festival 
through her writing and literary connections. And she never stopped giving uh, back to Mississippi throughout her entire life. Well, Malcolm, I know you were a speaker at a couple of the Hot Tamale Festivals, so you got to have a front row seat into how that festival developed and what it's meant to to Greenville and to Mississippi. <clears throat> yeah, uh, the, the portion of the festival that Julia really drilled into was what she called a literary mashup, and it, it was the Thursday before the weekend. So, so Julia organized this <clears throat> literary event on Thursday at the E.E. E. Bass Cultural Center uh, in downtown Greenville on the Thursday night. And then, uh, I mean, all day Thursday. And then on Thursday night, there was a big party, of course, um, that she hosted. And then on Friday and Saturday was the actual Hot Tamale Festival. And then there were many dinners and after parties uh, uh, that would 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 unfold. But uh, on a couple of occasions, she invited me to come and be a panelist uh, on the literary mashup piece. Uh, the first year uh, she invited me, I told her I could come, but I could only be there for a short while because I'd already committed uh, to another event the next day in Boonville. I had agreed to judge a turnip green cooking contest. Oh, yeah. And I told Julia that I had to leave early in order to drive over to Boonville uh, for the Turnip Green <coughs> Festival. And she was outraged. What do you mean you would leave my event and go judge a Turnip Green Festival in Boonville? She, she couldn't believe that I would leave the Mississippi Delta and her Hot Tamale Festival early uh, in order to drive to Boonville for such a thing. And so the next year she called me <clears throat> like a week after the festival and said, all right, I'm calling to get on your calendar. Now do not book yourself at that stupid uh, turnip green festival in Boonville again next year. I want to go ahead and get you committed now to be here for the whole weekend. And that was this past year. And we, she did, she asked me what I wanted to talk about. And I asked her if she would put together a panel uh, around the Mississippi Writers Trail uh, initiative, and she did, and it was a wonderful panel, and we were able to not only talk about and and sort of share about the Mississippi Writers Trail, which Julia will eventually uh, have a marker on said trail, but we unveiled two of the markers that day following that panel uh, in front of the E.E. E. Bass uh, Cultural Center, and Julia was there to make remarks and to help us continue the good work of the Mississippi Writers Trail. Sounds like a, a great experience, and I'm with Julia. Why would you leave one of her events? <laughs> All right, uh, we got somebody on the phone. I have no idea who it is. Uh, it's Chico, Chico Harris. Hey, man, what's up? Hey, good morning, y'all. Um, Hi, Chico. I'm, good morning. I'm, I'm willing to follow Hank and David just to pass this along. Um, on, a, on Facebook, there are a lot of Springsteen fan pages with people from all over the world. And I'm known on them as the Springsteen fan that will take any opportunity to promote Mississippi on a Springsteen fan page on Facebook. And yesterday, after Julia's passing and the news got out around the world, I heard from some of those fans who I don't know, but they got in touch with me to let me know that they were Julia Reed fans, and they greatly enjoyed her work. 
They'd never been to Mississippi or even the South, but they wanted to because of her. And that just shows how far Julia Reed's influence was and how wonderful it was. Boy, that's a great story. All right. Far and wide. All right. Thanks, y'all. Thanks, Chico. Appreciate you listening. Appreciate you calling in. Chico Harris, also a cultural ambassador for the state of Mississippi, yet uh, uh, unhonored, but uh, certainly deserving. Chico is a Tupelo native based in and around northeast Mississippi, mostly Oxford. You can find him hitchhiking on many of the side roads around the state, moving from one place to another. If you see Chico out there with his sign, pick him up, give him a ride. He may be headed uh, to Johnny's uh, Slug Burger in Tupelo. He may be headed back to Oxford. You never know where you will run into Chico Harris, but we're always happy that he tunes into Deep South Dining and calls us from time to time. Well, you know, Malcolm, I really consider Chico Harris our northern Mississippi correspondent. That's that's a good title. Yeah. Uh, the North Mississippi correspondent for Deep South Dining. Yeah. I think you could, <coughs> um, could put it on a business card and go far with it. Or he could use Bruce Browning's old business card that says simply, perhaps, perhaps I can I help. Can help. <laughs> World's best business card. Oh, indeed, indeed, indeed. Well, you know, remembering Julia, I, I was thinking about uh, a time back in the mid-90s when Peyton Prosper and I had an apartment. Uh, down on Governor Nichols Street. And that was really the first time I got to know Julia. Julia lived in the French Quarter. And we sort of had a little gaggle of friends that would would go around and meet at each other's houses and uh, go to dinner and such. Uh, And Julia was so gracious. I mean, we were a couple of Mississippi boys living down in the French Quarter. You know, we weren't from there. We never will be from there. But Julia had had certainly uh, been able to make her way inside of the you know, the inside circle in New Orleans and was seen as a native, though, you know, she was from Greenville. But we would have many, many great parties. And Julia was always uh, in charge of uh, the program, uh, deciding where we would eat, whose house we would meet at. And she introduced me to so many uh, really memorable characters. Uh, Louis Sayuk, a great photographer who had a studio down there. Uh, Tony Green, uh, a great artist visual artist and also and musician gypsy, yeah gypsy guitar music yeah i, I have and, a tony green in this very room well i met tony green because of julia reed i, I met louis Sayuk uh and, and many others uh julia would take us around and introduce us to folks and and again we would gather up and uh, have these long uh, dinners much like the one that david trigiani uh described where it may be set for uh you know six o'clock but you'd be lucky if you were eating by 10, but who cared because you were being entertained by Julia and her friends. Uh, and, and you were in new Orleans for God's sakes. Yeah. And I think that was when she had that apartment on bourbon street. That's it right. Was very, very small. And the big parties that came out of that tiny apartment, uh, owned to that courtyard were, were legendary. And, uh, sadly, I never went to one of those, but I went to many at her house on on First Street. And, uh, you know, the thing I remember so much is she made it all look so effortless. But, you know, she had been working for weeks on the perfect guest list, the perfect 
table settings and her menu was always something like served in a giant silver punch bowl like shrimp creole and then a big uh, bowl of rice and she made it look so so easy yeah and i'm just remembering uh, julia at the book festival last year i had uh, asked holly lang uh, to call in and share her remembrances of julia and unfortunately we we ran out of time and i my apologies to to holly but you know, Julia would come to the Mississippi Book Festival and hold court, just like she held court everywhere she went. I was to introduce her uh, year before last on a panel, and I wasn't given a lot of information. I just sort of heard a list of her books and, you know, the usual sort of bio stuff. And so I got there, and, and Julia was running a good 10, 15 minutes late for her Always. panel. Imagine that. And I'm told to introduce Julia and the then the editor of garden and gun magazine. So I'm waiting and I'm waiting and, and, you know, people are kind of restless. So, so finally I see Julia making her way from the back of the room and there's this train of people behind her. I'm thinking there are two people. She's got John Meacham. She's got David uh, Trigiani. She's got Bill Dunlap. She's got about six people coming and they all come up on stage uh, for the panel and I said ladies and gentlemen please let me introduce you to Julia Reed she will introduce her panel because it is hers <laughs> <laughs> that's a great way to end the show <clears throat> Deep South Dining is a production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting Stink Radio we are funded by generous contributions from folks just like yourself our show was produced by Java Chapman for my co-host Carol Puckett and all of our callers today, I'm Malcolm White. Please stay tuned for Now You're Talking with Marshall Ramsey and Southern Remedy at 11. And please join us next Monday right here at 9 o'clock in the morning for Deep South Dining, only on MPB Think Radio. <laughs>